0: Cause sometimes I be right. Hello! Welcome to this show! <laughs> you, probably, you probably thought I I lost it there, right? Thought I disappeared, malfunctioned. Nope. I'm back. And I'm feeling fantastic. That's right. I feel like I'm being a little too quiet. I'm not as hype animated as i as I usually am look my my schedule this week is all thrown off. I'm recording in the p m so you know naturally I'm a little quieter in case the the neighbors wanna complain. <laughs> What up, cyber family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is sometimes I'd be right. I am your host, John Farris reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host Wally. Say what up, Wally? Wally. So this week, I want to get right into it, man. I want to get right into the stuff. Did you hear that? That's my mic. My mic stand is weak. <laughs> hey. Sorry. You know, we're a family. We're family, right? You get the flaws and alls, no editing the bloopers, y'all heard? Anyway, I want to get right to it. Let's start with breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. As I am recording this, maybe like an hour ago, news came out that Dame Lillard has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. All offseason long, we've been hearing, I only want to play for Miami. He's only going to Miami. Miami's going to make the trade. And, well, look at that. Going to the Bucks. So just, just for those of you, I'm sure you've already seen it. You probably dealt with it last night. But, you know, me recording this is breaking news. You hearing it, it's the next day. But Portland will get, they're giving up Dame Lillard. Uh, and Portland's going to get back Drew Holiday. That's a solid piece. DeAndre Ayton. I love that. Tumani Kamara. I'm going to be honest. I, don't, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Milwaukee's uh 29 unprotected first round pick. And unprotected swaps in 28 and 30. Not really sure. The Suns, which is the third team in this three-team deal. We'll get Yusuf Nurkic. I like that guy. Grayson Allen. Hate that guy. Nasir Little and Keon Johnson. No idea. Don't know those guys. But here's what everyone wants to know. Now you got Dame Lillard pairing up with Greek Freak. Championship? No. No. Not a lock. I mean, look, as far as fits go, I love the fit. Like, I think what he brings to that I, I don't know you know my brain's not in basketball i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest with y'all my brain's not in basketball mode uh you know we've never seen i guess we have seen dame lillard on a big stage i at 33 i don't think dame lillard is the difference between a championship and not he's a really good player with the greek freak though i guess it's good like i don't i don't know I don't know. <laughs> I just got a report on it, right? Like, I don't know. Um, Yeah, let's move off this. Cause this is not going well. This is a bad start. This is a very bad start. Let's get to what we really care about. We really care about football. And where else can we start? We have to start. Let's go to college football. And what does everybody want to talk about? They want to talk about Colorado. They want to talk about Coach Prime. They want to talk about that good old-fashioned beatdown that happened in Eugene, Oregon this past Saturday. Now, look. I'm not surprised. Those of you who watch college football, you're not surprised. What is surprising is the response to it the 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 Cinderella story Cinderella's over the dream is over what dream this is what this is what I came in and I talked about last week when I talked about the media creating the sports media creating a narrative and then tearing down the narrative they created Colorado has done nothing. Well, actually, that's not true. Colorado, eh, that's not true either. (laughs) I'm trying to hate on the sports media. Look, (sighs) this is tough. This is tough. This is a tough one. Because, Because I had one opinion. Going into the game, I felt like my anger was towards the bandwagon fans the celebrities that were now all of a sudden showing up to Colorado games the people who felt like this is the trend this is the it thing the the massive amount of viewers everybody tuning in to watch to see what they're going to do next like this this love fest of we we like Colorado we like this now and like making it seem it was making it bigger than what it was it was hyping it up to a level where the hype train was Unreal, and people were reminding each other and reminding themselves like they haven't played anyone that you would feel it's impossible for them to beat. On Saturday, though, when Colorado played Oregon, I don't remember if I've ever seen a game where it was so clear. That the two teams were on different planets. Colorado straight up did not belong on the field with Oregon. Oregon did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, however they wanted. There was zero resistance. Zero. It was as if you took... You know what it was like? When when that made-up school Bishop Sycamore played IMG, that's what it looked like. <laughs> it looked like one team is really good and knows what they're doing, and another team ah, they just there, bro. They just there to get a check. That was bad. And and the satisfaction people felt after that game. The joy people got and watching Colorado get beat down and smacked down the reality. The questions of, oh, they got humbled. They needed this. That was a response to, I couldn't put my finger on I couldn't figure out what to call it. Because it's like, because again, I'm conflicted because I like Deion Sanders. I think he's doing his job as a coach. I think today, when you see the comments he made about the five-star cornerback, and they're like, what does he have to do to get on the field? And he said, study, prepare, show up to meetings on time. And it was like, oh, he's holding this guy to a higher stand," Like, he's... Do you have things you need to do? I'm not putting you on the field because of your skill level, because of your five-star rating, or because you might leave it in about that. So he is practicing what he's preaching in terms of these are going to be students. These are going to be guys who put in the time. He's checking uh, film, film hours, how m- much these guys study. Like he's doing all of those things to make them better. I love that. At the same time, he toes the line between confidence and arrogance. He toes the line between I'm here for the kids and take a look at me. Look at what I'm doing, though. And I was a little, ugh. I was given the ick. Is that what the kids say? It gave me the ick. <laughs> when after beating TCU, he came out talking about I'm, I keep receipts. Do you believe now? It's like after one game? You was puffing your chest out, claiming you here now after one game? So again, I like it. I like him. I like him as a coach. I think obviously as a recruiter, he's going to do fantastic I like the direction things are going. There are certain things that are like, all right, I'm going to have to adjust to it and get used to it because it is a little different. It is a little more flashy, a little more in your face, a little more, you know what I mean? Like, it's not as say the right things, be politically correct. It is a little more like, no, we're going to be real. I like that. I appreciate that. It's an adjustment. You don't really see the greatest coaches behave that way. And maybe that is an experience thing. Maybe if after you've been there for a while, you just naturally start to adjust. And maybe when you're new there, you know, you're still learning. You're still trying to figure out, you know, what your angle is. But the joy... That people felt, even though I couldn't figure out like, what is it that's really making people upset with Colorado? I couldn't figure it out until Oregon's uh, media team put out the uh, the little video, right? I don't even know what you call it. It's not a trailer, but it was like a little hype video after the game in which they showed Colorado players talking crazy. being disrespectful, saying, why y'all so little? We going to run through y'all, saying, I'll beat the F out of all y'all and your coach, stomping on the O, wiping their feet on it, walking in the stadium like, oh, this it. And it hit me as soon as I saw that. That's what it is. That's what annoys people about Colorado. You just got here. You just got here. You have done nothing. Nothing. You've played three games. Your best game was TCU. And in that game, you damn near lost. You didn't dominate nobody. You didn't play better than anyone's ever seen. You didn't set the world on fire. It was a really tight game. And you won. Kudos. And after that game, you started talking crazy like you had just won the championship. Fine. You won. You earned it. Hey. To the victor goes the spoils. Is that what is it? That's what it's saying is? Fine. Nobody's mad at that. Then you come back and you have a struggle fest versus Nebraska. It's an ugly game. Wasn't really great, but hey, first home game, cool. And you come out puffing your chest out even more. Fine, you won. Then you have the petty thing going into Colorado State where they talk about it's personal, it's personal, you're showing the watch, you're doing all this stuff, you're being flashy, you're being arrogant, you're being confident, whatever you want to call it. You got the dirty hit, you got the fight, fine, it's a rivalry game, I get it, it's cool. You win, again, cool, but like anyone who knows, knows, hey, you got Oregon next. Oregon ain't Nebraska, Oregon's not TCU, and Oregon is not Colorado State. So for you to walk in there like, why y'all so small? We gonna run through y'all? And for it to be a defensive player? (laughs) Bro, y'all ain't stopped nobody. Y'all, that defense has stopped nobody all year long. Who the hell you running through? And that's what it is. You just got here. You just got this national attention. You just got these people looking at you. You just got here. You ain't won nothing. You have not won a thing. That should make you walk around puffing your chest out like you are him. You have done nothing. And yet, you're going to come into somebody else's stadium and drag your feet on the logo. Walk up to them in pregame and talk trash. Go tell them you're going to beat somebody up. Go tell them you're going to run through them. Go ask them why they're too small. Bro, you just got here. There's levels to this. You're a 21-point underdog. And if that's what you need to psych yourself up, hey. Then take what comes with it. It's the, that right there was not confidence. That was arrogance. That right there was not based on, that was not based on watching film and knowing who we got and who they got and we got better dogs. That's not that. That's not that. That's not confidence. That's arrogance and saying, yo, you know who I am? You know who we are? You know what we do? Ignoring the fact that you're one of the worst defenses in college football. So I don't want to hear. That's what it is. It's not race. It's not your confidence. It's not any of that. It's the fact that you walk around, talk, and act as if you guys are the big dogs on campus. And you haven't done anything yet to earn that title. And yet you walk around with it as if you are the guy and as if you've earned that title, as if everyone should bow down to you. When in reality, we don't even see you. Oregon is light years ahead of Colorado. All Colorado has right now is hope in the future. They have the hope that their coach is going to be on the recruiting trail and everybody wants to go to Colorado now. Oh, everybody wants to go to Colorado. So they have a hope that they are going to assemble such talent that they're going to they're just going to beat everybody based on talent alone. But Oregon far ahead of you right now. So they sat him down and they said, "Hey, go back to the kids' table. Take your little take a little cranberry sauce and go to the kids' table." <laughs> and now with USC coming in this week, the question is Does USC do much the same? Now, here's the difference in this game for me. USC's defense, I think, is worse than Oregon. I think USC's defense is bad. So, the question, though, is can they get the pass rush on Shador, who was the second best quarterback in college football up until last week? And now, not really hearing it so much. Now, everyone's kind of like, well, actually, maybe. You know what I mean? Now the reality sets in like, all right. Now look, he's been sacked more than anybody else in college football. The offensive line is terrible. I'm not even blaming it on him. But 21 yards in the first half as a team, bro. Bro. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. That seems impossible. Especially if you're the second best player in college football. I don't care what nobody says. I know, I know, I know Caleb is licking his plants. Look, look at his plants. <laughs> He's licking his chops. I was thinking Caleb Plant. It's Caleb Williams, right? I was thinking Caleb Plant in my hand, in my head. So I didn't want to say a last name. So I said, Caleb licking his chops. He can't look at his plants. I'm an idiot. Don't mind me. He's licking his chops though. He he about to go out there and have a field day. He's gonna throw all over this defense. This defense is trash. Line can't get no pressure. They can't stop the run. And they can't guard nobody in the secondary. It's over. The line is 21 and a half. The only question is, do they cover the spread? man. Let's move on from a team who wants to be there to a team who actually is there. Let's talk about Ohio State. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I have a whole uh, breakdown on YouTube if you want to check that out. The Dusty Hat Recap Show. That's on there if you want to check that out on Cyber Network on YouTube. But let me just say, here's what I want to say for those of you who don't go on the YouTube or won't go on the YouTube. I will say this. My big takeaway from that game is the decision Ryan Day made to run the ball to win or lose the game. That decision was not made based on how many men were on the field for Notre Dame. I don't think anybody was counting. I don't think anybody knew. So it wasn't that. It wasn't like, oh, we have an advantage. Let's do it. I think in the moment, Ryan Day made a decision to say, we have to prove that we can. We have to prove that we're tough enough. We have to prove that we can get a yard. And I say that because in the post-game press conference, in the post-game chat, he mentioned they had a couple opportunities to get a yard. And they weren't able to do it. If you think back to the Georgia game, it was like we just need that one extra yard and can't do it. If you go back to the Michigan game, we just need that little extra yard. Can't get it. I think all of the talk for the last year and a half to two years about how this team's not tough, how this team is finesse, how if you just push them a little bit, they fold. I think Ryan Day saw in this moment we can erase all of that. And he called the run. Now, I'll tell you, I wouldn't have done it. In the moment, I thought, throw it up to Marvin Harrison. Take your chances. It's your best player. Give him a chance to win it for you or lose it for you. That's that's as good as it gets. So for him to make that decision in that moment, knowing what it would mean for them and for it to work, that game to me, I think that game for them was semi, was semi a redo of the Michigan game last year and the year before. Where it was like here's a team that's going to try to be physical, that's going to try to bully us, that's going to try to run the ball down our throat. Right? And so this game I feel like meant so much to them because it was like an opportunity To say, here's a team like Michigan. That's going to attack us like Michigan. And we're going to show that this is not last year. This is not two years ago. It was important. The reaction afterwards was valid for me. For what it meant for them. Not for me. I'm a fan. I was at home. I had some cookies after that. (laughs) But for them... What it means going forward is, bro, they had to to dig deep on defense for sure. They were gassed. They dug deep. They made a play. They got a stop. They got the ball back. Kyle McCord showed that he is him. I take that back. I keep saying he's him. I keep saying, look, let me tell you. I keep saying that phrase as a joke, but it's about to become a normal part of my vocabulary, and that scares me. I did that with bro. I used to say bro is a joke, and now I say it all the time and don't even realize I'm saying it. So let me stop saying he's him. Kyle McCord showed that he's more than capable of, of getting the job done and winning games for this team and getting them in position. And again, this team is so talented that it's not on him. It's not all on him. And I think in this game... That was one of the things that they could take away too is hey, we don't need you to be perfect or to be the reason we win. You can be a part of why we win. And then we could win as a team. I think this win is big for them, and I think going forward, it's massive, especially in those big matchups. I think it's gonna help. I think I think that I think they're about to go on a roll. But I have said before this This team, the way this game went, reminds me a whole lot of 2002, where the first two or three games, they blew the teams out because they were going against weak competition. And then once the competition ramped up and they got into Big Ten play, it got a little tough and it was a lot of close games. They got a game at Purdue coming up this this year. That scares me. There's going to be a lot of close games, a lot of tough games, and I love it. I'm here for it. As a fan, it's going to be exciting. No more going into every week thinking, are they going to win by 40 or 50? No, those days are over. Now it's like, hey, it's going to be a dogfight. They're going to end up making the playoff. They're going to get trashed because all their games were close, and then they're going to end up beating somebody. Don't take my word for it. Just wait and see how it goes. Sticking with college football, I have to do something. I have to. I don't want to. I don't want to. But I have to. Because it's only fair. It's only right. It's only fair. <sighs> I came out last week and my guarantee for the week was Clemson beats Florida State. And I got to tell you, man. I got to tell you. I thought they had it. I thought they had it. I really did. And to be honest with you, they should have. Florida State needed a fumble return for a touchdown, which that doesn't happen often. They, like, <sighs> Clemson had the game, gave it away. But what I'm coming here to do as a man. I picked against Florida State. My apologies. Hey, Florida State. Here's what I'm gonna say because I'm not just going. I'm not wrong. Okay, I was right. All right, (laughs) I was right. I didn't. I mean, the finals didn't end up the way I thought it would, but I was right. They struggled. I was right the week before that they were gonna struggle against Boston College. That's what they do. And if I look at that, you know what? Let me stop, because cause I'm already going against the apology, right? <laughs> Look, I apologize for picking against you, for being disrespectful, for just writing you off. Uh, listen, when if, if I were a Florida State fan, I'd be walking away feeling the same way Ohio State fans do, which is when we needed a play, we made one. And they needed a play, and they got one. And when it got into overtime, they made the plays. Clemson didn't. Good on you. So the apology is, yes, I I, I wrote you off. Yes, I guaranteed a loss for you, and I was wrong. I was wrong, okay? I was wrong, people. Cyber family, I was wrong. But I will pick against him again. I don't know when. I don't know when it's going to happen. But as God is my witness, I will probably pick against Florida State again. That's all you're getting from me. Another apology, actually. Let me get another apology out the way. Let me apologize to old Danny Dimes and the whole New York Giants fan base and the New York Giants themselves. Uh, I came in and I kicked your back in after that Arizona game. I poo-pooed your little comeback. I poo-pooed all all that stuff like it's Arizona. Give me a break. I laughed at you when you lost to the 49ers. And uh, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry, man. Because Arizona... Welcome, Dallas. And that game wasn't as close as the score would say. Yep. So as I'm laughing and (laughs) ha, 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 Daniel Jones came back. Wow. So impressive, man. So impressive, man. (laughs) As I'm doing all that, man, I had no idea that my fraudulent team would go out there and put up a stinker. Now, naturally, as fans, we have to figure out what went wrong. Here's what went wrong for the Cowboys. Number one, that run defense is weak. It's weak. It's been weak. They had two games against the Giants week one. Well, that that game, I said, after that game, I said, I can't take much from it. It fell apart. This is a fluke game. Take nothing from it. Don't kill the Giants. Don't praise the Cowboys. It's a nothing burger. Then they welcomed in the Jets with no Aaron Rodgers. You had Zach Wilson, who looks like he's afraid to throw it 10 yards down the field. This guy sucks. So what do you take from that? Load up against the run. You don't have to load against the pass because Zach Wilson sucks. Of course you're going to stop the run. Then you control the ball in offense. So like we don't even know. Then you go to Arizona, and it's like, oh, this defense is one of the best defenses of all time. And you put up a stinker. Don't give me Trayvon Diggs was hurt. I don't care if he was hurt or not. Who the hell is on Arizona you got to worry about? Arizona, and no, there's no universe or planet where Arizona should beat the Cowboys. So number one, that run defense let them down. Number two, red zone offense is awful. Awful. And I blame one person. And his name is Dak Prescott. I'm done with Dak. I've been done, right? Every time, every time I say I'm done. Don't buy it. Don't believe it. I don't think he he's not the guy. Every time. Then he'll have a couple games where he plays it safe. He looks all right. Maybe has a couple good throws here or there. And I start to convince myself, you know what? John, you're a little too hard on Dak. Give him a break. When you really look at it, and you look at all the other quarterbacks, he ain't so bad. And then you realize in the red zone... It just crystallizes. You have to be, because the field shrinks and the defense has less field, they have to cover the holes and the windows close a little bit. Tighter windows. You have to be more precise, more accurate, more decisive in your decisions. No hesitation. you got to deliver. And in the red zone for the last year and a half, this guy sucks. Let me tell you something. They had it at one point, first and ten at Arizona's eleven. They ended up they had to settle for a field goal. First and ten at Arizona's eleven again. They turned it over on downs. They failed to convert on fourth down. First and goal at Arizona's ten, had to settle for a field goal. First and ten at Arizona's sixteen, interception. And that interception was terrible. He's not, he, I'm not the only one who says it, I know. I, I, I just can't believe that I feel this way. That I have no hope or no faith in this guy. That I'm the one who has to sit here and look at my quarterback and wish he wasn't my quarterback. <laughs> Oh gosh. Did I come in did I talk about Kaepernick last week? I don't remember if I talked about Kaepernick. Well, if I didn't, let's talk about it real quick. Cause this week, uh, who was it? Damn, I don't even remember who did it. Somebody um re- oh Jay Cole. That's what I read. I read J. Cole released Kaepernick's letter to the Jets. Now, first of all, first of all, the letter was, God, here's the thing about Kaepernick. Everybody wants Kaepernick to get a chance, right? Everyone wants Kaepernick to get a chance that he should be back and he should be in the league. And some people are foolish enough to say things like, Kaepernick is better than some of these guys who were starting no the hell he ain't he can't be he it's it's impossible I I've said this before he's he can't come in right now tomorrow and play better than Zach Wilson he can't number one he's 35 number two he ain't played in damn near a decade. Zach Wilson knows the offense. Zach Wilson is used to the speed of the NFL. Zach Wilson has a better arm. Like, it's just a million reasons. Like, you're not going to come in off the street after not playing for eight years and think you're just going to pick up where you left off. And let's not forget where he left off. I don't care how bad that that 49ers team was. He was playing like dog doing, got benched. Get out of here. You don't think Patrick Mahomes could take a knee? You don't think he could survive that? You think they would be trying to get him out of the league? You think he would get benched? You think he would get blackballed? No. Patrick Mahomes. You was bum-ass Kaepernick. That's right. I said it. Kaepernick was trash, bro. Trash. Nah, I shouldn't say that. Let me take that back. (laughs) He wasn't trash. He was just bad. He was worse than Kirk Cousins. And y'all y'all hate Kirk Cousins. And Kaepernick was was worse. <sighs> I still don't understand why people were still holding on to this idea that Kaepernick could be anything. So the letter says he's willing to be the practice squad quarterback to get the defense ready. He would see it as an honor. And then by being in the building, he'd be able to show them and give them the confidence that in the case of an emergency... He'd be capable of playing. And I say fooey Sounds good. Sounds like, oh, look. He just wants to play. He just wants a shot. And what he wants is to be a starting quarterback. That's what he wants. I'm not mad at him for it. But I'm also not mad at the league for not Trying out this guy. Even if you brought in Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz played last year. Even if you called Tom Brady. Tom Brady played last year. Kaepernick ain't played in eight years. You know how long it would take for him just to adjust? Let's move on. You know who seems to be having no trouble adjusting? And funny enough I hear not a peep. Not a peep. <laughs> My guy CJ Stroud boy oh boy and it's not just this game. Cuz again, forget the numbers. Forget the numbers. I don't give a damn about numbers right now. You're a rookie. I don't care if your numbers are amazing or if they're terrible. Because some guys can have a really good rookie year. And then after an offseason, defensive coaches get to study you a little bit, find your tendencies. They're going to come back with a new game plan. And year two and three and beyond might look a little different. You might be able to catch the league by surprise. Right? Like nobody could stop the Wildcat. Oh, the Wildcat. was What the hell are we doing? What do you do? That didn't last long, did it? Matt Castle had a little run, too, didn't he? What about Matt Flynn? He would come in in Green Bay and light up the world. And then, eh. Once we got some more film on you, we were able to kind of figure out pretty quickly. But CJ Stroud, the impressive thing is how he looks. He looks confident. Looks comfortable. He throws the ball with the same smoothness and efficiency as he did in college. The blitz don't bother. He don't got happy feet. He looks the part. That's what's impressive. He looks the part. Now, if you are so inclined to look at numbers, so far this season, CJ Stroud is completing 65% of his passes. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's not great. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say it's great. Oh, it's awesome, man. No, it's not. It's, It's... He will, he will, he'll finish higher than 65. I'm willing to say that. He's got 906 passing yards. For those of you keeping track at home, that is fifth. That's right. Number five in the NFL in passing yards would be that man, CJ Stroud. 7.5 yards per attempt. That is eighth. That's right. Eight in the NFL. Mind you, in yards per game, top 10. 98 quarterback rating. Number 10 in the NFL. So by every metric, CJ Stroud is a top 10 quarterback. At this very moment, right now. I'll use your phrasing. He's a top 10 quarterback right now. And I don't hear a peep. Oh, I don't hear nothing. And look, next week, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to give you my quarter season recap. I'm going to look at some of the big things that I said, picks that I made, you know, who's great, who's not. Look at the cyber quarterback list and give you a breakdown of who's underperforming, overperforming, whatever. But man, I don't hear nobody saying nothing about C.J. Stroud. No praise I don't see nobody online saying, hey, maybe we were wrong. Oh, leading into the draft, I couldn't escape negativity around C.J. Stroud. Article after article, C.J. Stroud can't be good. These morons, he can't be a franchise quarterback. He's from Ohio State, man. <laughs> Ohio State's never produced a franchise quarterback. It can't happen. And now, listen, 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 sports gods. Please. I'm not putting the cart before the horse. I it's not over. He could absolutely flame out. But right now in this moment, he looks the part. He looks like a guy in year 3 and 4 will be in the conversation for best quarterback in the NFL. If you're a Texans fan, You're probably feeling good about who you got. And right now, if you're a Panthers fan, if you're the Panthers, you might be thinking, ah, we might have made a mistake. That's all I'm saying. It's just what it looks like. I need to see some of y'all naysayers saying a little more yay. (laughs) <laughs> I need you naysayers to become yaysayers. Cause C.J. Stroud looks every bit, every bit. He looks like he is about to. Whew. Just remember what I said. Remember what I said before the year. I said I, I. I can't be wrong. And it's not me, but it's just he. He looked the part. He's so talented. He's so gifted as a passer. Smooth as eggs. was it me who said he had the best throwing performance at the combine ever. That wasn't me who said it. I agree with it. But it wasn't me who said it. I'm going to keep bringing it up. He keeps producing. I'm going to keep bringing it up. And if he falls off a cliff, I'm going to bring that up too. Because the rookie wall is going to happen. From a really good, promising quarterback career to one who is hanging on by a thread. Let's talk about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. It's over. It's over. I'm done. He, one of them got to go. Either Justin Fields or that coaching staff has got to go. They got to go. You have, it's over. It's never, it's never going to work. And look, here's my belief. This is what I believe. You can't convince me otherwise. Justin Fields is far too talented to be this bad. He's far too talented for you to convince me. It doesn't matter who coaches him. He's never going to be good. I don't believe that. I will never believe that. The kid is too talented. He's got too many physical gifts. I said coming out, Anthony Richardson is is the same thing as Justin Fields. Same thing. Big, strong, athletic, fast, great rocket arm. Right? Same thing. And yet, there's excitement around Anthony Richardson and no excitement around Justin Fields. And I think it's because Anthony Richardson is a rookie. We haven't seen it yet. We don't know what it's going to be. And we feel like we already know what Justin Fields is. And I I disagree. He needs to be coached up. If he's having a confidence issue, he needs somebody that's going to help him. You know what this reminds me a lot of? Tua. Tua. They brought in Mike McDaniels for Tua. He came in and said, yo, here's this kid. Here's what he can do well. Here's what he doesn't do well. I will build it around what he does well. Miami does everything that Tua does well. They don't ask him to do things he doesn't do well. And for those of you idiots who think that Justin Fields can only run the ball, I don't believe that either. It's not true. It's flat out not true. The coaching staff has to do a better job of using his best abilities in his favor. Figuring out how they can run things for him. One's got to go. And you know what? If you're the Chicago Bears and you think we love this coaching staff and we think Justin Fields is going, you got to get rid of him then. Move on. Do it now. I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait. Mm Trade him. And if he goes on the trading block, God damn, I'm going to be mad that the Cowboys got Trey Lance instead of Justin Fields. Because <laughs> that's a guy that I would want. Put him with Mike McCarthy. Let him sit for a year. Let him work and learn the system and develop and all that stuff. And then, pff, please, light up Dallas. But one of them got to go. I can't be the only one that's sick and tired of watching this. It's a train wreck. It's a mess. Denver's a mess too, but like this is a mess in a way where it's like it shouldn't. I guess Denver's the same because golly, Denver sucks. Sheesh. I don't know. I don't know. It's like I said. I I think ugh, one of them got to go. And if I if I'm the Bears, I'm I'm sticking with Fields and I'm trying to find an offensive driven head coach who can. Convince me that he has a game plan and a way to get the best out of Justin Fields and let's salvage this. Because I know the conversation is start over, draft someone. Go ahead and get Michael Penix if you want. Go ahead, try to draft him. Go ahead and draft Bo Nix if you want. See how well that goes. Let's get into some picks, man. Let's start off with college football. We got some interesting games. You got Utah taking on Oregon State on Friday night. Love it. I'll go with Utah. Utah's tough, man. They play tough defense. And Oregon State has DJ Oglelelelele. You heard me. I said it. <laughs> as close as I'm going to get. And that boy, that man will throw you a pick or two. He will just turn the ball over. You know, you went to Oregon State and you thought it was going to be different. Nah, he is who he is, man. He, gonna, he, you know, put some pressure on him. It's up for grabs. USC taking on Colorado. Look, we all know USC is winning this game. I don't care if it's a 75 to 78 game. USC is winning. They're going to outscore Colorado. The question is, the 21 and a half point spread Will USC cover it? Or will Colorado do better? I'm interested in this game not because I think Colorado has a snowball's chance in H-E double hockey sticks. But simply because at some point. Oh, if they lost two in a row and two really bad. Oof, then the conversation has to change, right? So I'm kind of rooting for that. Kind of rooting for that chaos. Because you can't talk crazy if you get smacked around back-to-back weeks. But at the same time, it's an opportunity for Dion to show how good of a coach he is. Right? Because they don't have to win this game. But they need to compete in this game. Because they didn't compete last week versus Oregon. They didn't. It was no competition. It was men playing boys. So they have to come in and compete. And that will reflect that the coaching staff is able to get that out of them. And it's not just we have talented players and so we can win. And if we don't have the most talented players, then we can't win. So this is about coaching. And so I am interested and excited to see how Colorado performs and if their level of effort and execution And competitiveness can be greater than what it was last week. But USC is, they can't wait. You got Kansas taking on Texas. Texas is undefeated. They're number three. Kansas is undefeated. They're number 24. I so badly want to take Kansas. I so badly want to take Kansas. And to be completely honest with you, if Kansas was at home, I would take Kansas. But the fact that they are playing in Texas, I can't. I can't take Kansas. But this game, in my opinion, is going to be way closer. Way, 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 way closer than comfortable. Texas is going to be in for a battle. This is the exact type of team who is not going to give a darn about Texas. They're not going to care. They're not going to be affected. They're not going to be in awe. They're going to come out there trying to beat them. And Texas, as they're often willing to do, play down the competition a little bit. This game's going to be dicey for a while. Notre Dame needing to bounce back with another tough game versus Duke. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is going to open things up a bit more than they did against Ohio State. And I think they're going to beat Duke pretty convincingly. I think they're going to control that game from start to finish. It's going to be a pretty impressive win. Duke is good and they're tough. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame is much better. LSU taking on Ole Miss. LSU is still my pick to make it to college football playoff even though they had that bad loss to Florida State and they had that close game last week to Arkansas I'm still riding with LSU I think LSU comes out and beats the dogs not at Ole Miss Ole Miss is coming off of a game in which they thought they were going to beat Alabama they were set up perfectly to beat Alabama and then they got beat I think that hurts their confidence I think LSU comes in gets up early and then I think that just kills the will of Ole Miss Let's switch over to the NFL where we got the Lions minus one and a half versus the Packers on Thursday night. I love, listen, I'm really, really, really rooting hard for, uh, I thought I heard another B. I'm rooting really hard for Jordan Love because the, the, the knock and the criticism and the hatred towards him was so unbelievable to me. I am rooting for him, rooting very hard for him. But, man, I'm rooting for Jared Goff more. Jared Goff is my guy. I I got the Lions covering the one and a half and beating the Packers on Thursday night. The Bills surprisingly favored by two and a half over Miami. I guess the thought is is that Miami coming off of that dominant win versus Denver, like they're obviously going to come back to earth a little bit. And this is like these are familiar teams. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I think in week one, the Bills got embarrassed. They did. And I think since week one, I think not only the Bills, they've just been, they've not only are they embarrassed by that and trying to rectify that every game, but I feel like they are locked in and focused. And I think this is a perfect situation where everyone's loving Miami. Miami's riding high. They're the best this, one of the best offenses in NFL history. And I think the Bills know exactly what they need to do to neutralize that. And I think they will. I think they will. I think they get pressure on Tua, and I think it's gonna look different. And I I do like the Bills to cover that two and a half spread. My guy C.J. Stroud and the Texans getting three points versus the Steelers. Steelers favored by three. Look, uh, I'm not a believer in <laughs> I Saw that on a T-shirt. Pittsburgh. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a believer in them. I don't. Yeah, you beat up on the Raiders, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo literally was throwing the ball to the other team. Seemed like on purpose, too. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I'm taking the Texans. If you're giving me three points, I'm taking the Texans with, with the three points. I'm taking it. I, I think this, I think the Steelers have too many issues offensively, and I think the, the Texans have the ability to play really well defensively at times. And I think C.J. Stroud just looks really comfortable now. He looks like he's like he 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 believes one hundred percent. Oh no, I got this. I don't. They don't look like there's any nervous jitters. He doesn't seem like each week. He he looks like he's reading things and seeing things like very well. I think this team is about to end this end this week at two and two. I got the Texans. Cowboys favored by seven over the Patriots. I want to pick the Patriots, but they can't. They're not going to be able to move the ball on the Cowboys. They weren't as bad as the Cowboys are. Like, I just, no, no. There's something, there's something. The Patriots are missing, like, an X factor. They don't have, like, a dynamic running back or, like, a dynamic receiver. They just have, like, okay guys. And in today's NFL, okay guys aren't going to get it done. You need more than that. So I'll, I'll take the Cowboys minus seven. And the 49ers are favored by 14. Versus the Cardinals. Now let me say this. Maybe this is just me trying to save face. I think the Cardinals come into this game and prove that they are a tough out. Not that they're good. Not that they're great. But they're going to be a tough out. And I think this game is well within 14 points. I'm taking the 49ers to win. But I'm taking the Cardinals to cover that 14 points. There's no way 49ers are beating them by 14 points. The Cardinals are going to be a tough out for any team they face for the rest of the year going forward. Those are my picks. That's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through for another week. Look, next week is going to be really big and really important because we're going to be doing a quarter-season review in the NFL. And I'm going to go over, like I said, my... uh, cyber quarterback rankings and see where guys stand if some look really crazy court midway through the quarter of the way through the season we're gonna talk about my playoff predictions and if i still stand by those we're gonna do all of that it's called the quarter season recap that's coming up next week so definitely tune in for that i thank you guys for coming through this week Uh, Follow me on social media at cyber underscore pod. That's S I B R underscore P O D on all social media platforms and come follow me. Check out the YouTube channel, man, cyber network S I B R network on YouTube for exclusive videos. And again, I pick every top 25 game in college football, and I pick every NFL game versus the spread. I put up those videos each week so you can get your money, get your money, get your paper up. You can't see me, but I'm making it rain with fake dollar bills. So check me out on there. Follow me on social media, guys. Comment. Let's build this community. Let's keep it going. I'll catch y'all guys next week.